Hello and welcome to the Dr. Lisa Clow podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Clow, and today we are talking with Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hello, Dr. Clow. It's good to talk to you. Where are we starting on your journey? We are starting on my journey in education with um, figuring out who I actually am as a person and how to deal with that in education. Okay, that's a big, uh, a big topic there. So, um, first of all, how long have you been teaching? I have been teaching for twenty-one years. Twenty-one years. So, um, when the pandemic hit, or maybe even before that, what were you experiencing as a teacher? Um. I was experiencing, you know, the daily joys of students engaged, but then (laughs) I feel that as my career went on, I was definitely experiencing some mm, regret. (laughs) Like, why did I go into this? Because as my career continued, it was just more and more pressure, not just kids in the classroom. I do pretty well there, but just surrounding pressure from community, from you know, administrators not meaning to, it comes down on them. Um, and just a little bit of burnout was happening. And then the pandemic hit. So, so I was there with you through all that. I know some of the things that we were all going through, but when the pandemic hit, what happened in your life as far as your well being as a teacher? Panic. Um, I feel when the pandemic hit, you know, there was just those unknowns of what is happening, first of all. So scared for the world. Um, But then, you know, the reality of the situation was we had to do so much in so little time. Um, At the moment, I couldn't even think about it. I just had to do it. And then I realized you know, you were there with me is, is when we started to teach virtually and things, uh, the stress was still there. I hadn't dealt with it. So, uh, my anxiety went way up and it was just, it was really tough. So did you have time at that moment to increase your, um, self-care practices at all? I think in that first moment I didn't realize how anxious it made me but then when I did like when we started the virtual teaching and dealing with that then I realized wait I don't feel right you know I'm I can't breathe right I can't think right and so yeah I actually reached out at the time to my doctor who of course was virtual too but I said something's definitely not right and so I did realize it and I knew that there was something I had to do, you know, so I'm a big meditator. So I had to start doing it more heavily. Yes. Now I remember, um, you were one of the teachers that did embrace, um, using some meditation in class to help with the student's anxiety. Did you continue that through the virtual teaching or how, how did that go with, uh, teaching through the pandemic? 
I had an inclusion class. So I had a number of students with, you know, disabilities or learning disabilities or things that really affected their learning, even if they were in the classroom. So having them, you know, virtual, and then I had two people with me, other adults, uh, one a paraeducator and one a special ed teacher who would be there for this class. Um, they really benefited. I did the yoga for classrooms. <laughs> I did it virtually, and the kids kept their cameras on. Wow. They did. It was great. And I remember even the adults benefiting from it. You know, yeah. so I did. I really did. I made it seriously a practice with all my classes. So, so whenever, okay, so we get through the virtual teaching and um, March 2021, mm-hmm. we are coming back. We, we came back in person. And, um, so from there we had a few months of in-person and that's when I retired. So I, I, I've been out of the loop this past year. What's been going on with you? Um, and has, you know, I, I hear you saying you upgraded your meditation practice. What was going on, um, this past year with your, um, well-being? Well, when the kids returned, they had been, even when we returned last year and we were hybrid and things, they did not get a real experience of what education was after the pandemic. You know, they they forgot what it was like to be in a building full of kids eight hours a day. Hmm. And so when they came in, even at the beginning of the year, it took like a week for kids to get suspended. That's it. <laughs> they just did not have the social skills nor that normalcy in place of expectation to come back to school full hardy, do you know? Yes. So this energy that came at me literally day one was I, I don't know another way to explain it other than obnoxious. Hmm. It was just in my face. And you know that I can deal with a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, overwhelming things. But from day one and as a team lead and as a person who really has my stuff together, I was like, what? I felt like I was pushed against the wall by their energy. Hmm. Um. It was wild. And in my classroom, I do pretty well. I set expectations, but I've never had to be that tough in my life. Hmm. Ever. I've never had to be that seriously tough person. And so for me personally, it was okay in my classroom, but everywhere else in the building, it was like I was walking into chaos. So for me personally, that energy coming at me every day, I realized I'm a highly sensitive person. I almost needed, when I got home from work, a solid two hours to decompress every day. Hmm. Really. Or I couldn't function. Yeah. 
So that so that self realization, yeah, uh, of uh, how this their energy was affecting yours. Yes, it was crazy. It's when you're an HSP, you you like sound really affects you, and chaos and anger and aggression and. It was really a norm every day in hallways and cafeteria and recess, fights and anger and kids just screaming. And I, I, the first week of school, I probably came home, you know, I came home around three. I would sleep for a couple hours and then I would meditate and practice because I needed to sleep first. And now that got better. That's yeah. It. Well, interestingly, what um, the listening audience may not know is now you uh, have been teaching sixth grade science, but before that, you were a chorus teacher. So the <laughs> fact that, I mean, you always had loud sound in your room. Yes. But this always. seemed to be something different. Yeah. It, it triggered in me something I wasn't aware of. Um, I think for most of my life, I realized that, you know, chaotic situations are like, I was never a huge fan of like concerts, like, you know, big rock concerts or like, you know, festivals or places where there was a ton of people. Mm -hmm. I couldn't necessarily concentrate great. Um, and it, but it was never like impairing, like it would never, I just noticed, Oh, not my favorite thing, you know? And so then when, <laughs> I mean, yes, I taught chorus. There's crazy craziness. And yeah, like 50 theater. kids in a class, 50 kids in your chorus room, or maybe That's more. That's true. So it's not like you weren't used to handling masses of students. No, I definitely was. And, you know, the, you, I'm sure you remember those combined, you know, chorus concert practices. <laughs> yeah. It was like 100 kids at a time. I did okay, but. This year, it definitely, just the cussing of children, hmm. the screaming and yelling, the just complete, it was almost like a complete disregard for any kind of normalcy and expectation in everyday hallway, recess, cafeteria, it was so it's like if you took the volume button on what was normally a two, put that on a 15 hmm. from day one. Yeah. All right. So now we, we kind of get the background of what went on this year as far as, um, you know, the environment that you were in eight hours a day during the work week. And, you know, you said you had to go home and sleep it off and I do remember those days and then wake up and meditate to kind of get back to um your you know a balance yes and so what else was what else did you learn about yourself this year that you want to share I learned that to have more patience that I thought I had I, to dig deeper um, because in my classroom um, the kids 
maybe the first couple of weeks, you know, they realize, oh, well, whatever I'm doing out in the hallway or whatever is not going to cut it in Miss K's class. Like, it's not going to happen. So they realize, okay, and, and we had really a beautiful year that way with content and things. Um, they loved, you know, hands-on labs, all these things that they couldn't do for so long. So I had a great experience personally in my classroom. I love that. But I did have to dig down for patience uh, more than I ever have because I, I would see kids doing beautifully in my room and then they'd be out at recess fighting. Hmm. I don't know, you know, or whatever. So I had to be more patient because let's think about how adults – that we have seen, you know, on social media, in the news, how they acted through all this. That's what kids saw. And it's like they modeled it coming back into school, just anger and lashing out and all that. So I had to really dig deep Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, so-and-so, I see how you are in my class. What, what are you, what are you doing? out there in the hallway, you're a completely different animal. Hmm. So I had to work, I guess, I guess that's all about, you know, relationships, mm-hmm. you know, teacher, student, I had to really dig down and, and say, Hey, I'm seeing beautiful things with me and with so-and-so teacher. And then you're making the choice because you don't like something to be crazy elsewhere. And so I saw a lot of that. And I had to work on, hey, let's work on who you are as a whole person. And that was hard. And then also you were working on yourself as a whole person. Yes. Yes. So it was like, in a way, I think that might have helped. Because whatever I was doing personally, I tried to model to my students. Hmm. And I, I mean admin and other teachers you know they would always say we don't get calls from you (laughs) (laughs) and i pride myself on that because it's like you know what no because first of all kids know uh uh-uh not with this teacher yeah and then second of all if they are they do come into my class upset about something i can say all right go sit over and you know like the little room we have between the sixth grade science classes you know, I go sit in there, breathe deep. There's tissue if you need it. There's, you know, whatever. And so I was able to take some of the things that I was personally doing. Yeah. And it helped a lot of kids. What was, but it's hard because it's like doing double duty, you know? Right, right. Well, what was, you know, you had a creative outlet that you went, you'd gone back to, you moved back towards being, yes. being a creative and how, what was that all about? Well, I've always, um, since changing subjects, I've always taught, um, private lessons, music lessons. Um, and so for me that, you know, didn't have me burn out on fine arts then. So I could just do it for fun. And it's kids that really want, and adults I teach too. Um, that really want to do music lessons. So it was a blessing. Hmm. It was so much fun. And then um, I went back to selling um, on Etsy, hmm. um, jewelry and home decor and things. And so 
it was it saved me i was like I, i didn't realize how much i missed it and i think you know throwing myself into that creative out and seeing that other people appreciate it and buy it readily. Mm-hmm. I was like, right on yeah. <laughs> my therapy. Yes. Big time. So like, as you were creating jewelry and wreaths and other things, what, what did you, as far as your emotional health, what was going on with that? It was, it was like a release. Um, I'm a firm believer that energy that you think, it goes out, out into the universe, and, you know, (laughs) it returns. Mm -hmm. So as angry as I could be sometimes, I had to say, no, I have to release all this energy and universe. I don't know if you're ready for it, but I'm going to give it to you because I'm done. (laughs) Here you go. I'm cleansing my whole soul. I know I sound very hippie here, but it's true. You have got to let that energy go or you will be consumed by it. So I would, you know, breathe and push that to the universe and say, this is what I have for you. I bless this energy and let it go. (laughs) And then I would sit down with my craft and I would not, uh, when those negative you know, let's say something happened that day with a student that really upset me or an admin or a teacher or whatever. I would not allow that to creep into my creative time. Hmm. I would think it and I wasn't denying it. The thought would come and I would say, no, I release you. Goodbye. And then I would say, ah, I love this craft and put my positive thoughts. So for if a negative thought crept in, which we are all humans, we do that. If a negative thought would come in, I would acknowledge it, let it go, and then think of something positive. Hmm. So, and then I would put that into my craft. And, I mean, you've seen it. That craft is flourishing. So. (laughs) Yes, I bought a few pieces of uh, jewelry myself. I was very (laughs) impressed. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to see you get back to that because I was knowing you I was I knew that um well I felt like you maybe put all of your energy into work and then maybe um weren't having like the satisfaction of the joy in life I agree yes and you know there are times when I'm just like why am I doing this with education but after this year, and you know, it was it was tough, yes. But in my, I have to say, in my room, it was really good. Okay. Um, because I set expectations, because I was tough on them, because I had open communication with parents, and I had to really stick to that. But it was beautiful. But then you know what? I left. I left that job. I went home. I released it, and I didn't give it any more energy. Yeah. Did you still do yoga for classrooms this year? You bet I did. You bet. What is that, if people don't know? Yoga for classrooms is something that has changed my educational life. I mean, (laughs) 
you know, I mean, the cards, there's different cards for different breathing techniques and positions for kids to just take a brain break, to just have five minutes in a class, especially if they're struggling with something, and say, all right, we're going to take these minutes, whether it's five or ten. You can gauge it on the kids and the issues going on and say, no, we are going to focus completely on wellness. Here it is. Let's do an orange card, so it's a stretch, or let's do a red card, so it's a more difficult stretch. Um, let's do a purple card if they just need to calm down. <laughs> Which was their favorite? Hmm. <laughs> the purple cards. Because they were breathing guided meditation cards. So these kids came to realize, it's like they, they knew if something wasn't going right or they were frustrated, they had just had a test that they didn't do well, and they'd be like, we, we, need, we need a brain break. We it, we need it. And they didn't do it to be, I want a break just to get out of this. They did it because they knew they needed it. Yeah. So, so, and then, you know, we have Wellness Wednesdays in the building, and every Wellness Wednesday we focused, I would say, 15 to 20 minutes a class. And people were like, other teachers were like, what about the curriculum time? You're losing, and I said, you're not going to have kids engaged in your curriculum if you don't work on this. Mm-hmm. Take the time. And so, yeah, yoga for classrooms, I've done it since you kind of introduced me to it and how it worked, and I I swear by it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so whenever, and since I did yoga in the classroom as well, um, I remember my me personally getting the benefit of teaching it to the kids and doing it with the kids so how um when i hear you say you know this year was you know tolerable you got through it you had good times in your classroom do you think those times during each class when you did it or however many times a day you did that do you think that had an impact on your well-being yes 100 percent because, again, there it is, um, whatever I was doing to cope with the stresses of the year, which, of course, is mindfulness, meditation, yoga at home, even, I modeled that to students and other adults in the building. You know, they would want to come in on my Wellness Wednesdays um, because... My, if it's working for me, it's going to work for other people. Hmm. So as an educator, modeling, I always love teaching through example. So modeling that, they were just like, wow. You know, I had some kids that were like, can I find, you know, other meditation things like on YouTube? or?" And I was like, yeah, there's guided meditation for middle school specifically. And, you know, they would come back and say, it was really weird, but I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and they would giggle at first because they were like, this is different. This is really weird. You know, and um, I would tell my parents, like I'd give out newsletters every week and say, you know, we're doing this. And I had parents say, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Can I come in? (laughs) You know? (laughs) All right. So you found this that not only are you using in your personal life, but also with your students to help them cope with all the things that everybody's feeling during this strange time in our world. And so 
you had teachers coming in and asking you, like, how can you do this? And maybe they had some hesitations. What would you suggest that an educator could do if they were, if their interest is peaked? Maybe they're thinking, uh, maybe I should try this first on my own, maybe in the classroom. Where could they start? Well, they can start with me. Um, they can start with, you know, um, our media center at school has tons of the cards. Um, but all they have to really do is it's Google can be awesome, you know, because mm-hmm. you can put in a simple search like uh, meditation practices middle school, you know, guided medication, medication, <laughs> meditation, middle school, you know, that kind of thing. And like a million resources pop up from videos to different little things like yoga for classrooms. And then even like, I know a lot of teachers implement and use other resources from teachers, like teachers pay teachers. Hmm. Um, There's a bunch of meditation things on there, you know, like different activities. And I even saw one time an escape room Hmm. where the kids have to do certain practices to get through it and wellness and even things like brain pop. Hmm has things on it and activities for kids. So it's pretty simple and teachers are so resourceful, which, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with sharing or even just finding, they know how to find this stuff, especially after the pandemic, you know, when we had to panic and figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's just a little bit of wonder and a little bit of search and it just, it's almost overwhelming how much comes up, Hmm. which to me is a sign of, I'm not alone that these in realizing that these kids need this, you know, if there's a million resources out there right now, after the pandemic, I'm not the only one struggling, you know? Yeah. There's Mm. other teachers that are like, how do I calm these kids down? How do I bring them peace? And that brings up, uh, the issue or topic of, uh, community. Yeah. And, you know, when you're working as a teacher in your own classroom, sometimes you can feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, and, and definitely, you know, this is a big trigger point for a lot of teachers and just anyone really in education is how we were perceived through the pandemic. And a lot of blame <laughs> came on us. You know, and politically, from the community, you know, it was tough. And I feel like teachers kind of felt like, okay, well, we were already kind of getting kicked. um, And then we got kicked down and then we were kicked again. (laughs) So it's been very hard to deal with that, for sure. And how how do you personally um, process that and get through it? I kind of feel like if I'm doing good work, you know, teacher-student relationships, reaching out to my parents, crossing every T and dotting every I, and my grades, you know, the kids are doing well, they're trying, they're passing. I kind of feel like the practice shows exactly the opposite of what people think of teachers, you know, like, oh, they're lazy. Oh, 
they just don't want to go to work, you know, like through the pandemic. That was, that was a very common thing that people said. Hmm. As you know, they don't want to go to work. That's why they don't want to return. They don't, they're lazy. They don't care about the kids, blah, blah, blah. Well, we know that's not true. Educators, we care probably to a fault. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when I hear those kinds of comments and I see those things, um, you know, politically or just community wise, people saying, I, I don't read into it. I think social media is really a disease. So I try to kind of stay away from it, but I just do the good work and then they don't have anything to say because the results are there. Hmm. Yeah. So we know that teachers are leaving the profession more than ever before. What could, do you have anything that you could say that you want to say, um, for those teachers out there who might be struggling? I I do. And it's not, it's very in your face. So I'm just going to say it as it is. If the thought is there that you just cannot do this and it is too stressful for you personally and the placement isn't there and you are not well from the job, don't do it. Hmm. It is, as far as we know, you live one life Mm -hmm. and there is no excuse for not taking care of you first. Yeah. It, if it's not satisfying and you are hurting and you are not well and it is not worth it, don't do it. Don't. Take care of yourself. There are so many jobs out there and a lot of teachers feel like, well, I just have this education degree and I don't have... No. <laughs> you have so many opportunities. So, you know, my I don't say, oh, yes, please quit. I'm saying... Take care of yourself mm-hmm. and do that. And then for the teacher that might be on the edge, you know, just like, I don't know if I, I'm not sure. Give it a chance because we need good educators. I mean, we're losing just this year. I saw some of the best educators and last year just leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand that because they're taking care of themselves. But if you're on the edge, don't make it a hasty decision, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in it for a long time because you have, there's a reason you stuck to it and you have, you know, retirement, you have things to think about and so many students and families' lives you change positively. So if you're on the edge, definitely weigh your pros and cons. Um... And if you're a newer teacher or just a teacher that's thriving no matter what, God bless you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I would say that's sound advice. And uh, I hope that you know people listening can find some solace and um, take what you're doing as an example. Um, and I think, you know, you're courageous as far as, you know, realizing that, you know, your students 
benefited from the same thing that you were, and that was the self-care of going back to the breath, doing the movement, um, giving them the choice of how they wanted to take their, you know, little mini break throughout the day. And, um, you know, really sticking with it and taking care of yourself outside of the workplace uh, and uh, fostering your, your creative side. Um, and I, I really feel like here, people that are hearing your story now, it's going to mm-hmm. help them. I hope so. I hope so. Cause I think, you know, me pretty well in that I, I generally love people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing a series of, um, these interviews with teachers. So, um, we're going to be putting this, these episodes out because I know, um, educators are struggling right now, and I feel like you have uh, found a little niche that's working, and hopefully um, other people can can learn from this. I sure do hope so.